Running Sentences presents All Hail Zipzog Part 5 An Old Place With things now settled and everyone claiming that Zipzog is real, even if they don't totally believe it, this god orders them to find a place for a church where they can build upon their religion. This is a work of fiction. Any names, characters, businesses, events, and incidences within this story are products of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to real people, real events, real incidences, or other stories is purely coincidental. Copyright 2022, Michael Henry. All rights reserved. Finn and Rufus had abandoned Zibzog and Ryan to the fancy method in dancing, about to get Ryan back to his old body. They found themselves out on the sidewalk in front of the apartment building that held Ryan's home, with both throwing heavy glances back at the place. Do you think Ryan will be okay? Knowing what little I do of that god? No, not at all, he will not be okay. They both stared for a minute longer at the building, until Rufus's cell phone began to angrily beep at him. Finn gave him a quick hug, and then waved goodbye as they parted ways. The phone had plenty of angry messages on it about an emergency, and he was needed at the office at once. We could only wonder what had gone wrong this time. Rufus did not like the idea of running to work, and so he took his time strolling down the sidewalk, headed downtown towards his office. In the distance, there was a lot of smoke and the sound of fire trucks and police cars. He wondered what had happened and why all of this was going on. Of course, it was a fire, but maybe work was cancelled because a nearby office building was on fire. But his boss was not the type to allow for such things, so he strolled and strolled, thinking and wondering if that fire was near his office building. The heat got pretty ghastly the closer he got to the burning building. It was still a bit away from him, and it looked similar to his own office building, where his office building should be, but no, that seemed rather unlikely. A fire at his office? His walk came to a stop, as a line of police officers blocked the way on the road and sidewalk from going any further closer to this place. And from here, he could clearly see that yes, what was unlikely was in fact happening. The building that housed his office was now in an all-out blaze. Standing around, however, was not Rufus's idea of a fun time, and he'd gotten bored of staring at a fire and the heat that was blazing away. All of that was merrily doing its thing, making just standing around uncomfortable. What did interest him, however, was that his phone had continually blown up with messages from his boss, demanding that he come at once. But it now had fallen silence. Or at least for a few minutes had been fallen silent. Rufus looked about the crowd to see if he could see his boss, Carl. The only thing that he could make out through all of this police trucks and fire trucks and every sort of rescue truck that could be brought to the scene was that there was another crowd being held back by the police just a street over. He turned and headed around the block to see what was over there. On this road, the crowd was a bit less crowded since it did have an exit from a highway and people seemed less willing to be in this part of town near the highway exits with drivers than other places that Rufus had been around. 
but he was glad that this was a little calmer as he approached this new line of cops, though the voice of his boss could be loudly heard. I'm telling you this isn't my fault. I have a disgruntled employee who is more likely the culprit. I have warned him, and I was going to fire him if he didn't pick his work up. Rufus wondered if he should go any further forward, for fear of he being the person that his boss was talking about. His boss, however, stood up and spotted him. That man, right there, he's the one, he's the culprit. An officer from the police line stepped forward in an instant. Sir, if you could come with me, please. Rufus didn't see that he had a choice, as the officer was already guiding him through the line of officers. He was brought over towards a red van, which had the town's fire emblem on it, and a fireman and a police officer hanging around back. The officer that had corralled him over past the line led him up to these two, who looked up, sipping from coffee. We detained this one because the one you have been questioning claimed that he has caused it. I figured you'd want to have a chat, gentlemen. The officer let go as the man in a fire suit stepped forward, offering his hand. Nice to meet you. Bart Catch, the fire detective, and I am the lead investigator on this. And you are, sir? Uh, Rufus Xavier. I work IT for Carl, who I believe you have detained or questioned. The other one, who was in a suit and tie and reeked of standard detective with a slightly disheveled buttoned-up shirt, stepped up next with his hand. Rufus took both man's hands, not knowing what else to do. I'm Detective Hart. We have just a few questions for you and you'll be on your way. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, do I need a lawyer? Uh, sure. Uh, no, no. Just some simple stuff. Like after work yesterday, what did you do? I uh, drove my girlfriend to her place and then spent the night there. And then this morning, sir. I uh, We went to our friends this morning. He or she has been struggling with their um, identity recently. Oh, one of those types, huh? Well, good for you for supporting them. Uh, what's the name for these two people? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Ryan Tyler and Finn Smith. Um, yes, uh, which one is which, sir? Uh, these names could be applied to either gender, per se. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Ryan is my friend who has the issues, and Finn is my girlfriend. He received nods of appreciation before Bart reached into his fire suit and pulled out a card, offering it to Rufus, who reached out for it. Uh, by the way, where do you live, uh, Mr. Rufus Xavier? Rufus gave out his address to the two nodding and patient detectives, both of whom seemed at ease with the whole thing. Was it because they couldn't really do anything, or did they suspect something? Rufus could not get a reading off of either man, not that he knew what he was looking for either. Uh, one last question, sir, uh, and then you'll be free to go. And, and also, uh, please don't leave town, don't, you know, stray out of state anytime soon. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, my, my, my thing was, sir, is anything strange happened recently in your life? Some big changes, new religion, or decided to join a new religion, something like that? Rufus stiffened and felt like a bolt of lightning had just crashed through him and then bounced right back upwards. All so it could make him feel the full shock of this. How to respond to this? Uh, well, um... 
Uh, yes. Are you going through some religious changes, Mr. Xavier? Did you recently have a revelation about your job and your boss? No, no. I've, I've just been exploring different religions and, and trying to see if there was a fit for me in the world. I, I, I don't really know about any of that, though, and I'm just sort of exploring and looking about religions. They looked at him skeptically, and Rufus found himself taking a small step backwards. I'm free to go then, right? Uh, not leaving the city, not really leaving. Well, I, I, I hope you don't mind if I, if I leave the city and visit places and, you know, I'm not leaving, leaving, but, you know, I won't leave the state anytime soon or, you know, I've, I've, I, sh I should go. Bye. He backpedaled his way away from the fireman and the police detective who just watched him and then went back to their red van. Rufus wandered away from the burning building and down the street, keeping to the sidewalk, of course, but he wasn't thinking about this much in his days. A mile a minute his mind was going, and he wandered trying to put together his next line of defense. There would surely be many, many questions. All this and the airplane quote interrupted his thoughts about this, and all he could really think was that he shouldn't go around calling people Shirley. This broke him out of his lost thoughts as he realized he probably should have been talking to a lawyer before he talked to the detectives. His hand had found his cell phone, and he'd quickly gotten Finn on the phone. Can't get enough of me lately, can you? No, I cannot. And also, I think I may need a lawyer. Do you happen to know of any? What? It's complicated. I've been accused by my boss of burning down the office building that I work in. What? Yeah, uh, what exactly? That's all that's been going through my mind lately. That and Shirley. Um... The Shirley is a quote from the movie Airplane. Oh, 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 well, uh, yeah, no, I know that quote. Um, I will see if my business lawyer knows a defense lawyer, which they probably do, but we'll, I'll be in touch. Great, get back to me on that when you can, please. Thank you, bye. He hung up his phone, now super worried that she was going to say something about Zipzog or gods across the phone. He trusted her, but he did not trust the police, who might pull his phone records and decide to record phone calls or check things out. He probably figured he watched too much TV, or had just gotten caught up in too many cliches. But Rufus, for the first time in a little while, looked around to catch his bearings. He found himself not far from his friend's Ryan's place. But he didn't particularly want to go see him right now, and see the horrors of a man's body changing from female to male, or what that might entail, if they were horrors. He wasn't taking that chance at seeing anything, though. Who knew what gods could do? He soon decided just to catch a taxi and was headed home. The taxi driver took him the long way around to get back to Rufus's place. He didn't have the energy to complain as he got out and paid the driver who sped away, smirking to themselves. Zipsog had also been miraculously absent, and Rufus had plenty of questions for the god, number one being did he cause this fire in his office, but this was put aside in the instant, as his neighbor George came from his car carrying a bag of groceries and headed right for him. Oh, Mr. Rufus, you seem to be lively lately. Lots of noise coming from your apartment. Ah, uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, did I disturb you, George? 
Oh, no, 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 it's fine. I, in fact, I was beginning to worry about you. I felt like you had fallen into a bad way with few people ever coming over and so on. The man had begun to walk up the sidewalk away from him and towards the apartment building. With his slow gait, Rufus hurried after him, hoping to help him with his groceries. Getting up to George's apartment took a few minutes as the man ambled his way up the stairs at his own pace. Rufus had managed to get the grocery bag out of the man's hand to help him out. But this did not speed him up one bit. They got to the door of the man's place with George unlocking it and waving him inside. He'd never actually been inside George's place and carefully stepped in. Rufus brought in the bags and placed them on a nearby table and then turned to look around him. There was a lot of religious-looking things to catch one's attention. A Jesus cross, a voodoo doll, a menorah off in the corner, a prayer rug, or at least one that looked like it, sitting on the ground, plus a few other odds and ends, and he only really recognized a, a Buddha figure, because, well, it was hard not to recognize a Buddha figure. Um, this is quite the room, George. Oh, do you like it? Oh, well, I'm, I'm not one for religion, really, so I can't really say. Yeah, neither was I for a while. Things just change for me. Near-death experience or something to that effect? Isn't that what usually does it for people? George was rather enjoying himself as he came around and plodded towards his couch and sat down heavily. Oh no, I was chosen to be a prophet by a god. You were what by what now? Many years ago, a god came to me and proclaimed that I was going to be a prophet to his new religion. I agreed to help him, of course. Then things got complicated. Life came at me fast, and the god just went and vanished like a snap of a fingers. Rufus gulped and tried not to show his growing concern about where this conversation was going all of a sudden. So did this god want you to go after some new religious group or just start something new or what was what was the what was going on oh we were starting something brand new everything was to be new and we were to chase the latest in new ideas it was all grand but then cults became a bad thing and well you can guess what happened and then life happened to me just sort of went back to normal i got married divorced changed jobs a couple times lived life without god even though god was supposed to be there uh, but that, that, that certainly sounds like an adventure, George. Uh, why tell me, and, and just for clarity's sake, did this god who came to you have some sort of name? Was he like a Jesus figure, or just so I can avoid them, because, you know, doesn't sound like a very nice god. His name was Bob. As for why I'm telling you, the sudden change in everything sort of had me thinking back to my old times and sort of reminded me of it. Maybe it's just my old memory playing up on me, but I think it might be something different. Well, no, no, well, no, 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 not anything going on with me, jo uh, George, uh, and, uh, no, no religion on my part anyway. I'm just maybe going slightly mad and, and you know, got a girlfriend and, well, life is good. George simply shook his head as Rufus edged his way towards the door. It's been good talking to you, George, by the way, and, and if I do run into a god or anything, I'll be sure to let them know that you're here waiting for Bob's return. Alrighty, and I'll pretend that you haven't been chosen by some god who wants you to make a difference in the world. Rufus simply nodded yes, as he could not think of anything else to say, and just simply ran out, completely and utterly flummoxed.
Outside of George's door, and once he made sure he was fully closed it, Rufus looked wildly around for Zipsock or any other car to suddenly magically appear. They did not do this, and he was left thinking furiously. This whole thing was rapidly turning into a mess. While yes, the god that was talking to him in Zipzog had said that there had been other gods, but there was the whole issue of new religions in the same apartment building. What was this place? Some sort of centralized area to change the world? It was just strange, and Rufus hurried along the walkway towards the stairs to get up to his own place. He went into his apartment and began wandering about the living room, biting his lip. His mind was not thinking straight anymore, as he tried to continue to figure out what was going on. His neighbor, George, knew gods, which was great, awesome, because, well, shouldn't you know gods? Maybe? But that also worried him. Was he just going to be thrown to the side if things didn't work out with Zipzog? Rufus' stomach grumbled, and he wandered towards his little kitchen, taking one look at the mostly empty area. Food seemed to vanish quickly whenever he wasn't paying attention, and now there was little to nothing in there. He contemplated calling a place to get some food delivered, but what if Finn found a lawyer and called him while he was on his phone to call this place for food? Though he could just do an online order on his phone, but still not worth the risk. Nope. Things had gone to hell with complications, and the best thing to do was just to go out and find a local shop to grab a bite to eat and get away from this area if for a little while, and maybe clear his mind and wait for this inevitable call from Finn. He nodded his head, agreeing to his own plan as he marched back out of his own place. His wanderings took him a bit down the road without him paying attention. Rufus had his phone in one hand, glancing over at it many times, hoping for a call, any call, to distract him. It wasn't doing anything other than showing him the time, as his stomach greedily complained of not being fed recently. He stopped to look around and found himself next to the parking lot for Taco O Taco, the local taco place. He was never sure if he trusted a restaurant that played around with words when it came to food. It seemed like whenever he went to these places, the quality wasn't as good as it could have been, and he wasn't sure if they loved playing with words more than food, or maybe it was something else. His hunger, however, had gotten the better of him, and the scent of tacos was always an appealing one even if they probably didn't have authenticity going for them. The players did have one thing going for it, and that it wasn't trying to make things feel Tex-Mex and or colorful. No, it was a simple place that kept things drab, with few tables, and it felt like it had been rescued from some other restaurant that had closed down probably recently. Rufus had gotten his order in for a bunch of tacos, and had gotten, in return, a plate full of tacos for his efforts a few minutes later. He was headed for a table when Zipsog appeared behind him. The god was smiling and seemed happy about something. Rufus, I found a place for you to consider for your building for my religion. Our religion, I should say. It's glorious, and we will have a generous benefactor who will help us resurrect this building and bring it back to life, so to speak. The way is clear for us to change the world. Great, except a lot has happened, and we might have to put all of that to the side. What do you mean, put it to the side? Why? Well, my boss's office building burned to the ground. And, um, do you also happen to know of a god by the name of Bob? Who cares about that building? It was an act of god that struck the blighted site from the earth. And 
Why would you care about it being burned down? You're free to be free of work. Isn't that what you want? Uh, well, that is nice, but I still need to pay for life. And there is also the great, grand, terrible problem that my boss has pointed the finger towards me, saying I was the one who burned the building down. And, and wait a second, act of God, you did it, didn't you? Not saying yes or no that I did or did not do it. It may have been one of our other people doing a favor for another god, potentially, but it, or it may have just been one of us deciding the building was offensive and we wanted it no more there. I would not worry about the cops. They, they're, they're simple figures. Who we can wave away their minds. Of course you wouldn't worry about it. You don't have them suddenly looking at you and questioning if you've suddenly found God. I have to make sure that I don't wind up in jail if you're creating a new religion. We can't raise suspicion about me going mentally crazy because that's going to throw me in jail. Or worse, they'll think we're a cult. You have found God though, and that isn't finding God isn't a bad thing. I doubt the police care if it's a good or bad thing, or whatever they care about. They want motive. If they think I've gone crazy and I'm creating a religion to burn things down, that's enough motive for most cops to look at me and go, yeah, go to jail, go straight to jail, do not pass go, do not collect money, do not go anywhere other than a prison cell. Oh, fine, you're making such a mess about this, I'll do something about it. Is there anything else? Yeah, I told you about Bob. Do you know a god named Bob? You'd have to be more specific. I knew lots of gods, and I know lots of people by that name. He's a god, and he apparently talked to my downstairs neighbor, George, into helping him create a new religion. Any of that ring a bell to you, Zipsog? The two had moved over towards the table and sat down, Zipsog sitting across from him started talking to himself, mouthing the word Bob and looking away as if he was trying to recall something from his memory. Rufus watched carefully from the other side as this god in front of him thought about all of this. Shouldn't he know his fellow gods? Were there that many of them that it was easy to lose track of them? Zibzog looked up then at him and smiled. I shall go see if I know a god named Bob, but you need to keep working away on our new church. Put the address to the place I found in your phone. Good luck. He was gone, then leaving Rufus to stare at the space that Zipzog had just occupied. The feeling of needing to eat having ab abandoned Rufus, yet his stomach still grumbled, so he ate what was in front of him. Filled with food, Rufus, slightly content with things, but still utterly confused as to what was happening lately, exited the taco shop. Taco, oh, taco. The parking lot was now busier than when he'd come in, as it was growing later, and he was heading for the sidewalk when his phone finally rang, and then wrestled his phone out of his pocket. And this only resulted in him nearly dropping the damned thing. He caught it just at the last second, and used his other hand to steady his wrist as he brought it to his ear. Hello? Rufus, I talked to my business lawyer friend who has connection with criminal lawyers and says that, that they can refer us to a guy they know. We are meeting them tomorrow morning. I will pick you up early. Oh, uh, great, uh, thanks. But he found that she had already hung up the phone, and he slid it idly back into his pocket when he realized this.
Things were looking up, potentially, or maybe not. It was hard to tell anymore with how things had gone, and with a nervous confidence, he began heading back for his place. A long night of sleeping ensued, because he had stuffed himself full of tacos and, well, and, well, with everything swirling about in his mind, he fell fast asleep to nightmares. Fortunately, or perhaps unfortunately, he didn't wake up once during the night and wound up tossing and turning through a series of them as he fell in and out of REM sleep. He awoke early, since he'd fallen into bed early, and went through his morning routine, all while waiting for a phone call or a knock on his apartment door from Finn. It was, after all, only 6am, and he figured he'd had a long time to go before she would actually come by. But, well, he couldn't get back to sleep now, and so he went through his routine and found himself wandering around his place. An hour later, he opened the door to Finn standing there looking her usual radiant self. Except she looked tired as well. He figured she probably hated mornings, since, well, she owned a bar, and bar people weren't morning people, were they? Are you alright? No, I've been worrying all night about you. Have you talked to Zipsog? Yes, I did talk to him. I have no idea what he's up to, really. He just seems to be God doing his own godly things. But we did talk, and he is up to something. Also, after uh, we visit this lawyer person, we have another place to go to. A potential building that might act as a church. Is that okay? Where? I only have, uh, I, it was, the address was set into my phone by God with a wave of his hand or by magic or godly powers or something. I was a bit afraid to look it up and afraid to look to see what it was when he told me it was in my phone. By the time I got back to my apartment, I just sort of threw it on the charger and, and fell on my bed, leaving it undisturbed. She shook her head at him as he stepped out and closed the door behind him. A while later, they found themselves in a waiting room at the surprisingly busy place of this lawyer's office that they were visiting. It had a regal and lawyery sounding name, but since he was terrible with pronunciation, Rufus passed on saying, Gregorian and Gregorian and Greg and Sons. It could be pronounced Gregorian, or perhaps Greg or Ian, or maybe... The more truthful way of looking at things is that he wanted something to occupy his mind, thus saying weirdly named names in weird ways. They did not have long to wait in the waiting room as the secretary ushered them into the back office. This prim secretary wasted no movements and led them through a brightly lit office space, casting dubious glances backwards at them. Rufus wondered what this might be about, or thought occurred to him that since this was a law office that dealt with criminal charges, one might suspect the worst. That or this place expected a higher class of people to come in to want lawyers' protection than what Rufus presented himself as. Or maybe it was all just in his mind. Probably, definitely, all in his mind, as he reminded himself to calm down a bit. The world was probably not out to get him. This secretary, though, did seem to cast doubts on that as she hurried them along past doors until they were at the one that read Sir Greg. She opened this one and pushed them inside. A man with a name tag greeted them as he stepped up, his glasses falling off of his nose as he shook their hands. Greg or Ian, as it was spelled out on his name tag, was not a well put together person. He sniffled and his suit seemed all over the place. 
are you, are you the two that won that the uh, Artie called me about? Something about a fire and religion and nonsense? Yes, though my boyfriend has done nothing wrong and we wanted to consult you to make sure that we would be okay. Gregor Ian swept his hands towards the chairs on his front of his disorganized desk. There were books and files all over the place and this man kept rubbing his nose as if he had some sort of problem. Rufus and Finn moved towards the chairs, but could only look at them as they had boxes on them. They chose to continue standing. Just to make sure that we're okay, I'm, you know, we're just consulting and you're here to hear us and not make any judgments or tell anybody what we've said, right? Oh yes, as long as it isn't super legal and then we might get in trouble. But if that's not the case, then mum's the word. Okay. So yesterday, a fire broke out in an office building where I work at. My boss was talking to the police and fire department. He blamed me for all of this. Uh, and did you cause the fire, sir? I, I want you to be honest with me. I can't represent clients who won't tell me the truth. He did not set the fire. Greg or Ian held up his finger to protest and say that Rufus should be the one who was talking. I, yes, I am innocent of all charges. We got worried because I did talk to the cops who threw a few questions at me, mostly about religious religion and finding oneself in a new religion. Oh, you should always talk to a cop with a lawyer present, even if their questions are simple. But what is done is done. Your answers were truthful, and you remember them correctly, sir. Rufus nodded and... Greg or Ian nodded back. The lawyer settled into his seat behind the desk and pushed up his glasses once again, taking in the world a bit more clearer to see as Rufus filled him in on what he said. And why has all of this troubled you, sir? Well, religion isn't our strong suit, but we also feel like we might be able to offer some people Something religious, and not crazy or kooky, but a place to talk and settle down, and we've been exploring that idea. Yeah, um, there may or may not be a god talking to me about creating religion, a new religion. And, well, um, the cops asked if I had a religious epiphany. Well, I got nervous and figured that it was best to come talk to someone who knows about such things, so I didn't say that I was forming a new religion to these police officers. Quite right, quite. Now, uh, should they, these police officers have any further questions, ask them to contact me as your lawyer. I will, of course, take on your case for a fee until this thing all goes away. Say, $200 a day? Rufus took the price into his mind and sat there trying to crunch numbers. It would be a price that he might be able to afford, and maybe, and he'd have to hope that things would resolve. Very quickly, if that was the case. We will take it for now. Should you fail to live up to your end of the situation, for whatever reason, we will cancel your services, sir. The lawyer, Gregorian, nodded as he handed over his business card, and Rufus quickly grabbed this up, looking it over rather carefully. Oh yes, uh, by the way, what are your names? I do need that, don't I? I am Finn Smith, and this is Rufus Xavier. 
Oh, good, good. I shall have a contract written up and sent to your homes or places. Well, I was going to have it sent to your workplace, but that's brand down, hasn't it? Um, but so I shall send it to your home, ma'am. If you could leave those contact details with the secretary, please. I do have some other stuff to attend to. The man rose and then just left the room as if they weren't there. Rufus hurriedly got up, not wanting to spend any more time here, and so Finn followed suit. After doing exactly as they'd been asked, they left their details with the secretary, and then the two headed for the parking lot with a stamped parking ticket. The walk feeling like it was taking a while as they went through the rows and rows of cars at this business center, which was one of the bigger ones in the state. So it seemed like everyone who was anyone worked at this place. The trek to get to their car finally done, with neither really talking to one another until they got to it and felt safe. Um, so Rufus, where is this location that we are going to? Rufus then, for the first time, pulled out his phone, pulled up the address, and then plugged it into his Maps app. A few seconds ticked by as this figured it all out since he was on an older phone that took its time to do anything. Uh, this is the place, I guess? He showed her his phone, but since it was a map and she was on the other side of the vehicle, it sort of didn't really make much sense to just show it to her. She shook her head at him to signify that the screen was not very visible with the sunlight and just simply got into the car. And he, too, followed her in, realizing that he hadn't done much. With Finn driving and Rufus giving directions, they left the city and headed for the outskirts of it. A few turns here and there left them in a business park suburb of this city that they called home. Many of the buildings, while still occupied and working, did not have the greatest exteriors out here, and Finn's car clambered its way up a hill in this business park as they spotted a sign for a property for sale that was up ahead. And so they came to an end at this new road that they had followed, at the end of a business circle, and next to the property that was more house-like than business-building-like. To them, it looked like a house built in the 70s to be modern for the current times. Unfortunately, that look hadn't completely translated, and it felt more 70s than modern, with cutting and jutting edges. That, along with a lot of windows facing every direction, felt like it had been overdone on the design front. Finn pulled the car to a stop on a grassy parking lot next to this building. They stared at it for a minute before they decided to jump out of the car and headed past this grassy walkway that had lost most of its way and headed straight for the front door to the place. Rufus went right up, expecting it to be locked, but to his surprise, the glass door, with a few pieces of plywood covering spots, opened when he pushed on it. He looked at Finn, who had stopped a few feet behind him with eyebrows raised. Um, shouldn't Zipsog be here? With a crack of thunder, the god suddenly appeared beside her. Yes, I should be here, Miss Finn. Good to see you. Glad you found the spot that is for sale. Shall we go look inside? Uh, don't we need a realtor to, you know, show us the property? Oh, no, 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 no. I already talked to her, and talked her into opening up the building for us to look at, with no need for her to show up. Oh, great. We're definitely a cult now if anyone decides to think about things and shows up. Having heard none of this, or just pretending he didn't hear Rufus's complaints, 
Zipzog ushered them in. The place was run down and hadn't seen a good cleaning in more than a decade, with the different forms of graffiti hanging on the walls around the foyer. It was a 70s modern with nice wood paneling, or what had once been nice, and there was plenty of glass walls that looked into the next areas. Zibzog did not stick around this foyer as he pushed the two further in. They were pushed through into a lobby that had glass ceilings that illuminated two floors, and the place felt very open despite the graffiti and more plywood coverings for any accidental openings of glass or just wall. Rufus's mind felt this place was probably once very pretty, but any religion that got in start here would instantly, probably, be declared a cult. His mind telling him that anything linked to the 70s and religion would have some sort of stigma that would instantly be attached to it, and since this building was the 70s, eh, it was not looking very bright. The two floors looked to have offices on either side of the square ring that circled what Rufus decided was a lobby area. There were former outlines of where a desk would go, just past the foyer, that would have greeted anyone coming in. Zipzog had continued to ignore all of this as he, he pushed them forward. Go forth and explore! See to it that this is the right building for our new home. It is, but, you know, I feel like I should get your two's approval. He then vanished, leaving Rufus and Finn to head towards the nearest office door. Rubble, graffiti, and lots of dirt greeted them as they stepped into this new room. It looked to be a small office space with more offices behind it for whoever worked there. There was also little left to actually look at in this place that had been cleaned out of stuff aside from walls and what faded paint was left. Rufus took a few further steps in, while Finn remained standing where she was, taking it all in. This is a bit like what you imagined, right? An area with private spaces for people to talk to some religious people about life and how things were going? A bit, yeah, but, uh... It feels cult-like, doesn't it? Yeah. No escaping that, then, I guess. Uh, should we go look at some of the other spaces, see if they meet our needs, or if just this place feels like... It's all stuck in the 70s. She shook her head yes as he began heading back towards the door and looked about and found that she was rooted in the position she was in. She was shaking her head yes still and was still taking in the room and Rufus stepped up to her and gently pushed. Apparently her feet had stuck in place and because of a sticky floor which was not a good sign for this place. Although it might also be a good thing, since Rufus figured that it meant that there was no shag rug left over to deal with in typical 70s fashion. A check of the bottom rooms of the office space left them with the same impression the first one had. It all looked nice, but run down and oddly sticky. The two had found a staircase and gone up the cement stairs, which were only defaced by graffiti and not bad at all. They worked, you know, they kept their form as stairs, so that was nice. This gave way, though, to a dirty hallway on the second floor, which had fallen walls, and they both came to a stop at the top of the staircase. Seems a bit bad up here. I agree. Normally I wouldn't mind, but yeah, I don't think we should go any further until it can be fixed and we can look at it further. Uh, which, thinking about, you know, the cost of the place and fixing it up, it's, it's gonna be high to actually get this 
working as anything other than a structure. No way we can afford this. But it would suit our needs of a church. Big, spacious, plenty of room for people to talk to people. If we could convince anybody to come up here in the first place. Well, Ryan is good at that kind of thing. And you have me. So at the very least, three of us will sit around doing nothing here but pretending that we're a religion. Rufus ruefully shook his head and turned around so that they could head back down the stairs. The inspection done, the two had moseyed about a bit more, looking for Zipzug, but didn't spot him as they headed for the entrance. The sound of sirens reaching them as they had arrived at the door, the two shared a look and then bolted out of this office. Getting to the car was easy. It was trying to look innocent, and they were the only ones up here, that was the hard part. This as a cop car pulled up with flashing lights, siren roaring and coming to a stop in front of them. Well, innocent seemed like it might not happen for them, as an officer stepped out of the car and looked them over as his hand went to his belt for his tools. What are you two doing here? We heard that there was a piece of property up here for sale and we came to look at it for ourselves. Our friend said he got in contact with the realtor who made sure it was okay. We only looked at the exterior. The officer looked at them. Rufus nodded his head yes to what Finn had said. There was a look of confusion on this cop's face, his hands not yet moving away from his belt. Rufus found himself praying that whatever he was grabbing, at worst, would be a taser. So you two are thinking of buying this place? Uh, yes sir. It's cursed. Cursed? Why would you say it's cursed? Yeah, it's cursed. An old cult claimed this place years and years ago. The leader then vanished, and well, it was a messed up place and nobody wanted to buy it for a long time. Rufus felt his jaw go slightly slack, then reeled in his mind before it went off on some imaginary journey that came up with too many explanations for what was going on. Uh, wait, um, how did you get here so fast? Isn't the nearest police station uh, many miles away? And also, if you are the police, how do you know about this place? The officer grinned in an all-shucks kind of manner and kicked at the dirt, and even blushed a little. Oh, I'm just a security guard for the, for the business park. We have an alarm down at the office building, should anyone get into any of our properties in the wrong way. As for how and why I know that this place was used by a cult, it was explained very carefully by the owners of the land. They went over the history of every building with security, just in case something were to happen when we needed to know. Finn was shooting Rufus glances, and he realized he was still very tense, with the hopes and prayers that the man might not have a gun. A look told him that it was unlikely that this security guard had one, as he could just about make out many, many rows of pepper spray ringing the belt of the security guard. Finally able to relax a bit, Rufus let out his breath. Maybe they could just walk away from all of this, with no worse than a slap on their wrist. Um, uh, yes, that's amazing, great. Um, did the owners tell you the name of this cult leader? Uh, I think it was the cult of Bob, but I don't remember what the leader's name Weird group of people from what I heard, or from what I was told. Well, that's, uh, good to know. I mean, it's good to know the history of a building, you know, you're looking at to shop, uh, to buy. And, um, um, so, uh, Mr. Security person, since 
we're not really doing anything here, we're not doing anything wrong. Would it be okay if we were to, uh, you know, move along and leave? Oh, right. Oh, the trespassers. Uh, um, did you two enter the property for any reason? They looked over at one another and then back to the security guard and shook their heads firmly. No. The officer eyed them for the truth, then shrugged as he pulled out one of his pepper sprays, giving it a few taps in the air. Well, I guess you two can go as long as you promise it wasn't you that went into the place. They shook their heads yes that they would promise this, and that they hadn't gone into the place. The officer returned the nod, and then turned towards the building now with two pepper spray bottles in hand, one in each. I'm coming for you, criminal miscreants! The security guard officer wobbled his way towards the front door of the place with both bottles out in hand, ready to spray. Rufus stopped watching and moved to the driver's side of the door. We should probably go now before he realizes that we may be lying. Rufus had just settled into the driver's seat, adjusting it for himself as he got the car started. Finn had also gotten in, but was looking over at him concerned, and grabbed his hand to calm him. What's wrong? You seem agitated. I know the police and security are scary people, since they tend to ask questions. It wasn't him that's bothering me. It was what he said about the cult and the building. Well, what about them? He looked over at her with a rather strained expression. It felt like he was being turned into a punching bag for a certain god, and he did not like this one bit. My downstairs neighbor, he's a man called George. I don't know if I've ever introduced you or if you've ever met him, but he claims that he was contacted by a god named Bob to create a religion that was accused of being a cult. This god wants him to set up a religion and, you know, does it sound very, very familiar yet? She could only nod yes as she took this in and Rufus began driving away. End of part five of All Hail Zip Song. Thank you for listening.